This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Yo, just want to take a sec to give a big shout to my people at Wide Roots Imports. The role of a good wine importer is to tell the story of the land that the wines are from. Wide Roots does that in a very judgment-free way. They're an educational resource for people that are new to wine, and if I'm rocking with them, you know they keep some fire on deck. Right now, bringing in wines from Spain and Italy. For more info, go to WideRootsLLC.com now. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me about know what it is. Check this out. Oh yeah, you'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, yeah, what's good, Josh? Your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. Today, I got one of the baddest chefs in the world. I got my dog, Dan Hung, connecting with us all the way from Australia. Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, Jermaine. Yeah, good to be on the show, bro. <laughs> the pleasure. I'm good. It, I'm good. It's, it's a real honor to have you on, man. Like... You know, you you are one of the, the baddest chefs in the land, and I wanted to chop it up with you just about Australia and hip-hop in Australia. I can There's a saying, a fisherman always recognizes a fisherman. And I saw you, I'm like, yo, this dude connects with the culture. <laughs> 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 he connects with the culture. Like, it's like hip-hop is one of those uh, areas where you can just look at a person and tell just by the way they dress, speak, act, if you subscribe to this culture that I subscribe to. And I feel like if you grew up in the Bronx like me, you would have been a B-boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I was, I actually was, in my uh, high school days, I was into graffiti back in the day. I was a pretty bad boy. Uh, See? I was tagged that back in the day yeah <laughs> I, can, I can always tell man i can always tell <laughs> oh man but um no dude th- I, I just i'm like i was saying we, we talked a little bit before the interview and i'm just i'm so interested to hear about the australian food scene now um you know so for all the people that are not familiar my man dan is crushing it in the in the food scene out there can you tell us a little bit about your background and and how you got into food? Yeah, sure. So basically, my parents are Vietnamese, so uh, they uh, they uh, moved to Australia. They both got university scholarships actually in the early seventies, and I was born in Australia, in Sydney, Australia. And I actually grew up in restaurants. My mother is a Vietnamese icon in the uh, Sydney dining scene. She um, she we had we grew up. She had three restaurants in Western Sydney. And I grew up in the industry and I never wanted to sort of take over the restaurants or anything like that because like all, all on the weekends and stuff, like um, I would have to just go to the restaurant and just hang out because we, we, you know, we didn't have babysitters or anything like that. So, um, but the thing was in high school, I was such a just loose cannon. Like I was like the worst. (laughs) I didn't study. I smoked weed every day. Like I just, I was a drop kick, man. And my parents are like, what are you going to do like when you finish school? Because like you're not going to get into university and which I got one of the 
lowest grades uh, in my HSC, which is like the SATs type thing um, in, 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 in the school. And she's like, why don't you become a chef? And I was like, well, because like during high school, my mom was always working the restaurants. I was left to cook for the family because, mm. you know, my dad couldn't cook. And I was really interested back then. I used to watch like Jamie Oliver, uh, Jamie Oliver back in the day and, and stuff like that. And all these cooking shows really interested me. And I always was left to my own devices at home to cook for the family. And she, and I just thought, yeah, I might as well have a go at it. And, um, <laughs> you know, they, my mom got me my first job at this Thai restaurant called long grain, uh, and, and my first year apprenticeship. And I guess the passion started from there. Like I never really wanted to be a shit, shit. Like I wasn't like, I, I always knew I wanted to be a chef when I was at five years old, when this happened, nah, none, none of that shit. <laughs> right. like, I was like, I got into it. I realized I was good at something. So I stuck at it basically. Right. Yeah. That's wild, man. So I got to introduce my my hip hop audience to you. Um, now, everybody knows you for cooking, but I don't know if I don't know if people really know your hip hop side. And um, so I ask every guest on this show who their rap spirit animal is. So if you could pick a rapper that defined your style and your spirit, um, what rapper would that be? Oh, man, that is hard. That is really, really hard, bro. I mean, oh, man. I mean, you know, this is this is um, hardball journalism here, man. <laughs> Real stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess someone who really, I mean, not for their, their rapping style or emceeing or how talented they are in terms of emceeing, but I guess my spirit animal in terms of the whole culture and how they dress and how they, how much they changed the game would be Pharrell Williams Ooh. back in the NRD days. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it, it wasn't just about the emceeing or the music. It was all about, you know, what, what do you do with fashion and, and, and so on. So it's just sort of, I thought, that you know, back in the day when the Neptunes and NERD were just starting out and producing for everyone and um, they were like my bloody idols way back then, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, oh my gosh. So you, you were a Clips fan as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 No, that was a good time. The Neptunes were freaking like just, they were on fire at a certain point. They were crossing they over the top. That, they were producing everyone for a period of what, maybe two, three years. Like just every track you heard on the radio was produced by the Neptunes. Seriously. Right. Seriously. That's bugged out, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by, um, how hip hop is received out there. Like we're around the same age. Did you, do you remember like the first moment that hip hop kind of grabbed you? Uh, there's a couple of moments. I mean, the first moment where I really, really heard gangster rap was when I was like my, I was probably about 10 years old, I think. And my, my best friend's older brother had, um, you are now straight out of Compton on, on CD. Mm. And he's oh, you got to listen to this album, you know? And like, we like we were like, make sure like the parents weren't, weren't around so we could hear it. And I was just like, oh my God, like the swearing and all this stuff. And, and then, but to be honest, um, I really got into uh, hip hop when like around 95, uh, when all my mates were skating, you know, they're all into skateboarding and stuff. And um, it was around 94, 95, around when, you know, Snoop, Snoop released Doggy Style, The Chronic came out, maybe it was like mm -hmm. 93, 95, and, and then Loud Records was, you know, it was like Wu-Tang, Mob Deep and all that. Yeah. Uh, we were watching skate videos and like, 
with the skate videos, like they would all be all the latest tracks, and you know they would play, and I'd be like, "What's this? What's that track?" And then he's like, "That's that's like that's Mob Deep, that's Notorious B.I.G., that's Exhibit or whatever." Right. And then you know, and then yeah, we just that was the era. It was around around '94, '95. That's on. dope. So they would put the like the hip hop. They would create skate videos and put hip hop songs on top of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. so wow. Like skate culture didn't really hit hip hop for us until the NERD days. So it's this right. is a very weird, like full circle sort of thing. So Wu Tang, um, really funny because NWA was like the first exposure that you had to hip hop. It was for me as well. But like I grew up in the Bronx, and so hip hop was probably hitting us first. So I got NWA on like a tape. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I got NWA on a tape, but it was the same song that like grabbed me. And then I fell in love with hip hop. Just like you said, like really in like 94, 95. But for me, it was Wu-Tang that just grabbed me, you know, but um, and then to hear you talk about Pharrell being uh, your spirit animal. But for us, hip hop, like hip hop didn't touch the skater realm until Pharrell. So it's just, it's weird to see how all of this connects and like yeah. how you can grow up on the other side of the world. Uh, for me, a fucking 20 hour flight away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and still connect and vibe on the same songs, man. That's both. Yeah, I mean, but to be honest, I was only at the beginning, I was really only into death row. Like I was really into West Coast hip hop because that was like Snoop, Warren G, uh, Dr. Dre. And then the album that really got me into like east coast hip-hop everyone would have thought it would have been like something like nas or nomadic or like ready to die or something or wu-tang but it was actually the infamous by mod mm. that's like still in my opinion the greatest rap album of all time yeah <laughs> is, nah that's fine i mean what it's is- a hard debate i mean everyone is but that's my favorite album of all time like yeah what was it about the infamous that connected with you guys over there? Cause like uh, uh, that shit just, so I'm really into like UK grime hip hop. And yeah. it's so interesting to see them talk about these, the, this lifestyle I'm familiar with, but see it take place in like a completely different setting. So, um, but it, so it's, in, it's weird for me to connect to like hood culture from a completely different country. Well, that, um, that's why we, we, we loved it because we, we never had any of that sort of gang lifestyle or growing up in the hood sort of mentality. We never even were exposed to any of that. So it was just so fascinating to hear them rap about just sort of the, the life that they lived or the neighborhood that they were from, which was totally a different culture, totally a different way of living at every like the polar opposite of how we grew up in Australia, in suburban Australia. Like, it was just like you know. Yeah. yeah. No, that that is, that's crazy. Are there any like big Australian hip hop artists? Um, you know what? I, I, I might sound like <laughs> people might be listening to this, but I don't listen to the Australian hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you know, I, I get it. You, you know what you like, bro. That that's, yeah. I don't, I don't drink enough American wine. <laughs> oh, hey, that's the thing. I mean, I, you know what? Like I, it's not like I don't like Australian wine. I drink quite a bit, but a lot of people on Instagram are like, "Why are you ain't drinking Australian wine? Like, why don't you drink more Australian wine?" It's like, well, I do, but it's sort of like sometimes I prefer to drink. You know, there's <laughs> there's a whole world that makes wines. You know, right, right, yeah. Um, 
So I, I saw that um, marijuana inspired your love for cooking. And we, we talked about that a little bit. Um, how, like, are you a sativa or indica type of guy? Um, I'm more of a, well, I'm actually more of an indica type guy. Mm. You know, I like to just sort of, just sort of, you know, green out and just like, uh, just relax in front of the TV and bloody <laughs> eat they, rice, rice crispy treat. You know they what say mean? indica in the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, I don't smoke it anymore, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't. No. Oh, man. We, we, <laughs> we just got some good news in New York. It's been legalized, so... You know. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, man. yeah, man. It's been a, hard, a long, hard road, long, hard road, but we're finally getting it together. So, how did <laughs> how did marijuana inspire um, some of your dishes? Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I used to back in high school, man. It was my life. Like it was before school, during lunch break, I used to run, run up, run home after school from the train station and have a cone, and you know. My thing was to go to the supermarket and just 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 get all this random shit, junk junk food shit, and just like eat it at home. Like I would get the cream that's like in the um, the gun to just squeeze in my mouth. I'd get like coffee <laughs> apples. I'd get instant ramen. I get bloody microwave cheeseburgers. Like all this, you know, crazy shit. And then so when I opened. Uh, one of my flagship restaurants, which is Ms. G's, which is sort of like an Asian fusion restaurant mm-hmm. where there's no rules. There was no sort of, there's no set uh, theme on what the food should be like. So I thought I'd do a dessert called Stoner's Delight. And I used to thought, and I thought, okay, what, what did I used to eat back in the day when like, you know, what could I put on a dessert? Um, that's just like out of control, like next level. Like if you were stoned, that would just blow your mind. <laughs> and uh, there's been three iterations of it, but currently now uh, it's a dessert that has donut flavored ice cream. It's got peanut and pretzel praline, candied bacon, deep fried Nutella, mm. uh, Mars bar brownies, you know, like shit like that. You know, <laughs> this is so. this is why I like to travel. <laughs> <laughs> you can get amazing stuff like that. Like that's worth the trip. That that well, is man, worth the trip. When, you know, when the borders open, man, I'll uh, show you around for sure. I gotta make it happen. It looks like Australia's doing it right, though, man. Like I thought it was like a music festival out there a while ago. Bro, bro, we're like we're 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 all open, bro. Like everything. Oh my gosh, man, we can dance. We can bloody <laughs> eat in restaurants. There's no restrictions anymore. It actually, it only got uh, like full on restrictions eased about a week ago. But we've wow. been back. We've been back. We've only been locked down in Sydney. We've only been locked down once, and that was a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just about to ask how has um, COVID affected the restaurant scene? Like, what was that? What was that like for you guys? Like, just, <clears throat> excuse me, just going through like start to finish. What was the COVID restaurant experience for you guys? Because I mean, we're just now getting working our way out of it. But I mean, like I said, you guys have done such a great job. I mean, it was tough. I mean, at the beginning, about a year ago, uh, we had to lock down and we had to think about ways in which we could, you know, keep keep people employed. And so we, just like most other countries and, and in the hospitality industry, like we did a, a take-home service, you know, a delivery mm-hmm. service where we could just sort of do meal boxes where people could, 
uh, cook at home. And then we slowly, as the restrictions eased, uh, employed more people to do open takeaway in our restaurants. And then we went to, you know, it slowly went from there and less and less cases happened. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, it slowly went from one per four meter square, one person per four meter squared inside to one person per two meters squared inside to like now. But to be honest, a lot of the small businesses uh, were struggling, you know, um, with the rent and, you know, a lot of people couldn't really pay their employees full time and stuff like that, just like everywhere else. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's been hard, but you know, we're very, very fortunate, very lucky to be in Australia, man. I guess it's because we're so far away from everyone and we were pretty strict on who could come into the country and our sort of quarantine procedures and stuff like that, you know, and we yeah. got it right. Uh, and it was a while ago that, that, that festival, you guys have been doing your thing for a little while now. Um, mm. We're just, we're just figuring it out over here. Uh, that that that's wild, man. So also, I noticed. So does music play much of a role at MSGs? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you looked on the uh, on the main dining room on the wall, is actually the first verse of uh, "Juicy" by Notorious B.I.G. just written on the wall. This is uh, I got. I got to make mean, it. Yeah, because we wanted when we opened Miss Jeeves, we wanted it to look like uh, you know that I. I mean, because I don't own the business personally. It's uh, I work for a hospitality group, but they wanted to make it look like that. I got all my money and put it all in this one restaurant because mm-hmm. you know all it, it's actually quite a warehouse type vibe with neon lighting and all the furniture secondhand and you know all the plates and crockery are you know bought from like uh, op shops and stuff like the vintage stores and stuff like that. So it's Definitely. it looked like I scraped all my money to just get this restaurant open. <laughs> uh, yeah. And how much did um, hip hop inspire that vibe? How much hip hop do you do you include in that vibe? Well, I mean, it 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 ranges from you know sort of you know the it's 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 just not just hip hop, but the whole culture in that sense. Because you know, uh, I mean, obviously we play loud hip hop in in the venue. Uh, it's a really fun party vibe, but also just you know. On the top floor, I have all my old sneakers hanging from the ceiling as well. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, I was not trying to be some old sneakerhead, but I was I was in the sneaker game since two thousand and six. That that was that was a big part. That was the fishing rod that let me know this guy's a fisherman right here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I peeped the kick game, man. Definitely, the sneakers are always on point. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's the whole whole thing we have djs you know on the busy nights so playing some you know great tunes so people can just get up off out of their seat and dance if they want they can dance on the table if they want (laughs) dope man (laughs) i'm i'm dying to get out there man that that's really interesting um and how how much does wine play a role in in the restaurant um well in miss g's not so much but in in my other restaurants like for example i've got this big restaurant called Mr. Wong. It's probably the, the, the number one restaurant that I run. Um, it's huge Chinese restaurant and the wine plays a huge role because I'm not sure about like in America, but in Australia there before Mr. Wong, there weren't many, you'd go to a Chinese restaurant, right? And you just go for the food because the food's amazing, but you wouldn't go for the service because the service would be horrible. The wine <laughs> list would be terrible. The desserts would be really bad. You know what I mean? Like right. you literally just go for the food, you know? 
but we wanted to create a Chinese restaurant that could give you the whole experience. So we had great service, an amazing two level wine tower, uh, great desserts using great Australian produce. So uh, the wine there plays a really big role. Um, we're, we're trying to get one of the best. I mean, obviously we've got a great Burgundy and Bordeaux and Australian selection. We're trying to, our goal is to try and have the baddest Riesling selection in Australia because Riesling goes so well with, you know, Asian food. Facts, facts. Oh my gosh. I was um going to mention Riesling. Uh, one of the countries that we're, we're really rocking with right now is Germany. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you probably have some German Riesling in there. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, from German, Austrian, Alsatian, the whole shebang, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. To be honest, man, like, I need to get into my Riesling more. I love Riesling as well, but I just don't drink enough of it. Like it's, it's sort of so good. It's, it's a so it's good. a very diverse grape, you know. Like you can uh, pair Riesling with with damn near everything. But you're right, like Riesling with with Asian food, ugh, amazing man, amazing. That, that's my jam right now. Um, so, top five rappers. Let's who, who you got? Oh my top god. Five dead or alive? Listen, man. I, I told you this is gonna be hard hitting journalism. You know, the, the streets want to know. I'm just I'm I'm really happy to like dig through this because, like I said, you just look like such a cool dude and connected with the culture. I just feel like your fans would love to hear this stuff because <laughs> who okay. like they don't get to know you on this level. You know, like you, they don't get to talk yeah. rap with Dang Hong every day. <laughs> I mean, OK. Oh, okay. Top five in no order, right? No order. No order. No order. No order. Okay. Uh, Jay-Z is definitely in there for sure. Nas is in there. Biggie's in there. Um, oh, who else? Uh, man, I, my favorite, I mean, the way that Snoop rapped from like 93 to like 96. It's like... <laughs> Snoop is legit. Um, Snoop is in there. Snoop is in there. And yeah. I'd have to say uh, probably Ghostface Killer. Ghostface. Man, my top five changes like... Um, oh, can it change, can it? Oh, it changes so, so much. I listen to music. The first, That's the first thing I do when I get up. You know, I, I wake up crazy early, put my headphones on, watch Sunrise, play some music, and like mentally prepped for my day but yeah my top five changes like weekly almost um, oh my god but ghost face killer is not spoken about enough like <laughs> the consistency of ghost face like he so many people like when an artist you know they come out at a certain period they change their style or you know their style gets tired and played out ghost face has been the exact same person since he came out like sonically his voice the you know the 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 type of bars the caliber of bars um it's it's just been so consistent you know um and i've never heard anyone my favorite ghostface killer verse is uh, uh yeah i'd have to say my favorite is his verse on verbal intercourse on raekwon's album right oh my gosh green levers pound snakes and cakes fiends found the lakes jealousy jakes we shake what i strive for is what i live for infatuated by material things in this wildlife for world life somewhere over the rainbow i see a big pot of gold future stacks so i hold thousands of cracks back up inside the shoebox 
wanna see Tupac. Got two spots of new lot, fluttering rock, shootouts making me hot. Cooking cops, bad Tony in a ball drop. In the air, I'm banging niggas for slot time. Hurry up, dude. Like he told a, a a story that took years over like in 16 bars. Like he told his whole story from this guy, like <laughs> selling drugs and doing his thing to getting I, locked I up. I actually listening to him more now. I haven't oh, listened to him in a while, actually. Dude, I, I'm, yeah, when we get off, just check out Ghost's verse on on um, Verbal Intercourse. That's just, it might be the best song of, nah, nah, it's not the best song of all time for me. That's Notorious B.I.G., Who Shot You? <laughs> best song of all time. Wow! Wow! Hands down, I couldn't, I couldn't give you an answer for the best song of all time. That that is huge. You, you that, can tell how much I think about this stuff. <laughs> I, I do have a favorite song of all time. It's not, it's not rap, but it's oh, okay. What is it? It's "Tell Me" by Groove Theory. Mm. good song man match well it's the best <laughs> <laughs> listen to it after this bro yeah yeah yo i'm so i also put together a playlist for every episode the yeah. playlist for this episode is going to be sick i hope you're prepared all right cool i can't <laughs> wait i can't wait i can't wait definitely man yeah nah um no who shot you for me goes down as best song of all time because like one like, I feel like art's only job is to be bold and expressive, you know? And first of all, like sonically, that instrumental, I mean, you can play it by itself and have a damn good day, <laughs> you know? But then lyrically, you know, that was, that, those were big, sharpest lyrics, man. Like, your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch feet. Like, that whole thing um, was crazy. But also out here, it was a radio hit. Like that was like one of the, and it was a, a B side. That wasn't even like the single that they were promoting. It was just so good that it turned into this New York radio hit. <clears throat> but, awesome. you know, of course it, um, it got, uh, sullied up with, uh, all the East coast, West coast stuff. And that definitely has something to do with how, uh, how yeah, much. Yeah, songs yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. What was that? What was that like to see out there, um, in Australia? Like, what was your perspective on, especially like, because you were like kind of in the middle on it, right? Like you grew up loving both coasts. Like, what That's did that right. feel like? Well, I mean, look, I, I wasn't on any one side because I was all the way down in Australia, but I just thought of, you know, just, I didn't know what was really going on, like type thing. Mm -hmm. I was just like, why are they having so much beef? And, um, <laughs> and then, but just hearing like hit them up when Tupac released hit them up, I was just like, oh my God, this is like the most hectic <laughs> diss song I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that shit was wild. <laughs> that was, that was a crazy time, man. I Like I was um so New York, man. It, it made me not listen to Tupac for years. You know, it really? was like- <laughs> 
I mean, I was I was very New York, you know, like I was the guy with the Tim's on and oh you know, shit. Uh, I, yeah. So and that, that and was that was tough. when you heard that. How did you feel when you heard hit him up? I like, felt personally offended. Like, like he was talking <laughs> about one of my friends, like he, he did what to faith. <laughs> but I like I like the way that Biggie like took it, you know, like instead of him making uh any actually like the bigger man. Yeah, he he played the bigger man. But people don't talk enough about the Notorious B.I.G. diss tracks. Like, Big did diss Pac a couple of times. Like, well, one, he made fun with the, like, the Faith thing where he said, if Faith have twins, she probably have two Pacs. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of him, like, this guy just said he fucked your, your baby moms and all stuff. And, like, you just spin it around into a joke. But, um, long kiss, goodnight. You know, Long Kiss Goodnight is, I'm sorry, man, that's a diss track. Like, Puff actually said, we ain't talking about no other rappers. We talking about you. Who else? Like, who else? <laughs> There's nobody. <laughs> it's it's one of those times where, like, I, I don't know. And no one's ever really called him out on that stuff. Because that's, it came out in 97. Pac died in 96. That came out a diss track on a guy that came out after he was dead. It's real. Hmm. This is how close it's gonna get. <laughs> like, like, I mean, that's, that's you better be shit. hearing it from heaven, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's that that's real, man. But I can just imagine, like, yo, Tupac. I think Tupac's music. He did so. He did so well with um, uh, articulating emotion. You know, like Pac's words like if he was mad you felt his anger like you you saw his anger um and and that's very difficult to do and as a poet i I really think that's what his his skill set really was but um big was just so slick he was so slick and funny and uh great times man great times you're right that it it's funny that you consider it the golden era of hip-hop as well well we i mean we grew up in the same time yeah you know yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Hip hop is big and it's global. And that, that that was really why <clears throat> I wanted to do this show because I talk a lot about how uh, hip hop is is global and it's a it's something that blends people from all different walks of life. And yo, speaking, listening to your musical choices, you couldn't tell me that you didn't grow up in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> um... uh, definitely sounds like a guy I grew up with, man. <laughs> but I, I look, I man, I love how you're trying to uh, combine hip hop now with with wine too, because it's sort of it's sort of like a new it's a new thing. Like you know, the guy the guys around you know, especially if you, I mean, obviously they drink their champagne, right? You guys drink, you guys know about they talk, they rap about Cristal and all that stuff. But when when is when are these guys going to be rapping about DRC and shit like that? You know. So so it's it's happening, it's happening, man. Like Jay Z the other day. Well, what did he say? He said, "Get the sommelier. I'm on Latash." No way! No way! <laughs> oh shit! Yep, yep. The Latash price is going up big time now. Oh yeah, yeah. I this this anyway. This playlist is going to be straight fire. FYI, because we we put all the songs that we talk about in the episode. So 
yeah, man, it's gonna be straight fire. But yeah, he um he also he talked about Dujac. Um, you know, we we had shout to my man Jeremy Sace. I see you. Um, we had um the winemaker for Dujac. Well, the owner and winemaker for Dujac on the show. And well, that's how we, I found out about your show because we, you know, when when uh, uh, what's his name, the uh, DJ um, Khaled. DJ Khaled, yeah. He goes, I like to drink red wine. <laughs> i swear man that was like that was like oh my god this is so good yeah like it's it's happening you know like those are the things i say but also i mean shit even back in like 96 nas you know chase the demisec what he said henny using demisec to chase the henny with (laughs) you know like it it's it's all in there it's just, um, you know, hip hop has always used uh, wine as a way to paint a more luxurious picture. Like you put mm-hmm. wine in any setting, it classes it up. Raekwon's first line on his album was lay on the crime scene, sipping fine wine. Like <laughs> the shit is complete. We have another show called Wine Bars where we, me and my friends debate uh, our favorite rap lyrics with wine references in them. So that's why I can pull all this shit off the top of my head like this. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's been in there, man. And now I think that with the growth of I think hip hop overall is just getting older. And, you know, guys like us who grew up on hip hop are now owning restaurants and drinking wine. (laughs) That's right. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know exactly what (laughs) we don't like to go to the club anymore. We like to, you know, drink fine wine and eat truffle pasta and stuff like that. I know what you mean. Like. Exactly. So I just feel like it's um, it's it's our generation just uh, articulating itself, you know, so that's why we do the show. But um, nah, man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know the time difference was crazy. This, this is perfect, though. It's, you know, it's my, <laughs> my day off and, you know, it was perfect, man. Cool, man. Well, well, thank you so much for, for joining us, man. Um, this was dope. I, I I want us to keep in touch and, and and do some some global shit soon, man. So I'm gonna be making as soon as things open up, I'm making my way to Australia. And say, likewise, next time I hit up New York, I'll hit you up for sure as well. Oh, please please do, man. We would fuck the city up. We would. <laughs> Get the Dujac out, bro. Say no more. All I as long as I know you coming, I'm I'm just gonna crack open the cellar and, and it'll be ready. Nice, thanks, man. Awesome. <laughs> Great. But yeah, y'all, this is another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. This is my man, Dan Hong, y'all. Peace. (laughs) This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.